You are now tuned in to episode 84 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I am sitting in the studio by myself tonight, but I've got Matt Deitch on the phone. Matt, how's it going? I am back. You are back. It feels good. It, it does. It does. Uh, I mean, Craig, Craig tried his best to fill in for me, and he did a pretty good job, but I, I got a lot of comments that, you know, the voice, just I don't know, his voice wasn't as sexy as mine i guess (laughs) subpar huh yeah (laughs) subpar no we we definitely appreciate uh uh craig filling in while matt was gone we kind of had this planned that uh that craig would fill in uh halfway through while matt was gone and then matt actually got back on saturday so obviously tonight is sunday evening and we've got matt back through the phone tonight uh kind of a weird deal um my wife uh, is kind of going through some stuff right now and uh, actually tested positive for the COVID. So she's actually uh, up in Sioux Falls, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. But uh, um, So I'm quarantining at home by myself, and uh, my phone is never the phone that we actually use to do these phone interviews. We always use Matt's phone because my phone is, is kind of goofy and uh, likes to turn off halfway through these interviews. So... We've kind of got some stuff Jimmy rigged together tonight, and uh, that's right. So, hey, something's better than nothing. That's right. That's what I like. We just got to make do. That's right. That is right. Uh, Matt, why don't you start off and uh, tell us a little bit about the trip you were on? Yeah, we were up uh, for two weeks up in the Alexandria area. Uh, great time up there. It's always nice. We stay on Lake Mary up there at Westridge Shores Resort. Okay. Uh, you know, we, there's a lot of, there's a ton of lakes in that area to fish if a person really wanted to, but I keep my boat on the lift for the first, for the week, for the two weeks that we're up there. So we just kind of stay on Lake Mary and, you know, we've been doing this for quite a few years now and yeah, you get to know the lake pretty well, had a lot of great fishing. The first week, the weather was really good. We had a couple days where it was really windy out of the Southeast, so it was tough to get the boat off the lift without you know riding it like a horse or something like that like a bunkin bronco but so then the second week we had beautiful weather up there i mean every day it was nice there was never really any days where it was real windy and you know temperature wise it was great like i said we chased bass we chased walleye we chased panfish but the one thing is we could not get away from the little northerns. Oh, I saw you were chasing rock bass, too. I got me a good ride. There was some, the, the rock bass up there were, this year were tanks. They were toads. That was your target species, and I know it. I think it was Joe's target species because <laughs> he caught a ton of them. Really? No, so, yeah, yeah. We, I, you know, the crappie bite wasn't as good as it was last year, but we still caught a bunch of them and, you know, our average size was probably in that 11 inch range okay the biggest the biggest i think we caught was probably 13 and a quarter i think is what uh my sister-in-law lynette caught one that was that big okay so what no the- it was it was never really any wild and crazy action i think what was it my dad and mom went out the one night and caught no uh, maybe like 13 or close to a limit i think okay what what uh what techniques were you using to catch them crappies? Oh, uh, we were just 
on the weeds in about 11 to 13 foot of water, um, just using crappie minnows. Some sometimes just a plain hook would okay. work with a crappie minnow. Some days, sometimes you'd switch to a tube jig. They would go crazy for a tube jig. Sometimes just kind of slow trolling along with the trolling motor. Sometimes just sitting there with a bobber. It was you know a lot of different techniques that were involved with it. Yep. And, and, and you... actually, actually, the one nice thing this year was the bluegills. The bluegills have really been growing in the lake. Oh, really? So we we're, we're catching a lot of nice bluegills, a lot of them that were, I mean, I think the biggest bluegill we caught was maybe nine and a half. Okay. But there, but there again, too, I mean, you catch a lot of little ones, but, you know, we did we did keep, or catch and keep quite a few that were in that seven to eight inch range, so. Right, well, that makes a good fish fry, and I suppose... Uh... That's what you did a few evenings, hey? Oh yeah, we one we do it always at least one night during the week. On Thursday night, we always have a big fish fry, and that's what we use the sunfish. We use the sunfish for that one because we had plenty of them. And, you know, they you get such a nice little fillet out of them. They fry up real nice. You don't have to cut them up or anything like that. And yeah, it was it was a great fish fry. This year we we usually use kind of that wet pancake batter. But this year we did that, but we also got a dry batter. We just got some Louisiana breading. I'm out. On I'm out. Put, you're out. I'm out on Louisiana. Oh, why is that? Spicy. Too spicy? Too spicy. It wasn't that bad, but I actually enjoyed it more than the pancake batter than what that we usually do. Really? Yeah, so I'm going to have to try that a little bit more. I'll try it when I'm try not over. Different. <laughs> no and and uh you tried some new uh techniques uh for bass right i uh, did you know you're, Tokyo up four, you're up there for 14 days and you're, you're just kind of like you know what actually not just for bass for everything i tried some different some new techniques uh bass i threw the tokyo rig a little bit had some success on that um it was definitely a little different than your normal texas rig the whole fall rate on it and just the way it falls is a lot different. Uh, I also have been trying to get myself to use like some heavier flipping stuff. So I went and there's some weeds and there's a little bit of milfoil in the lake, but not a lot. But uh, I went and did some pitching into that with some like with a three quarter ounce weight and kind of a punch rig deal and caught a few that way. So that was nice. And then and then while I you know I jumped out there, I pulled some lead core. Caught some little ones doing that. Nothing real crazy. Um, also, you know, I don't bottom bounce a whole lot. Pulled some pulled some bottom bouncers a little bit. I did catch a couple of 18-inch walleyes. Okay. Doing that. And I did catch one nice walleye drop shotting. So oh, really? Super bass. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's really kind of the beauty of going up there for 14 days. You know, if you go up there for two days or three days, you know, over a weekend – you feel like you got to give your best stuff the whole entire time. Right. When you've got you 14 days to do it, you can experiment. You know, hey, you know, I can experiment this morning and this afternoon. I can actually seriously fish or whatever. And that's really the beauty of a long vacation like that. Exactly right. And, you know, and it kind of forces yourself to do it. You right. Know, you're just like, you know what, I've been flipping a Texas rig both shallow and deep a lot, throwing a drop shot. You know what, let's try something else. I also... I had a while back. I bought some weedless Ned heads from up at Shields, I think, and they're not the Z-Man ones. They're the actual Shields brand, so they got a little bit bigger extra wide gap hook on it. And I put uh, 
one of the Z-Man ticklers on it. I think that's what they're called. And we rigged it up weedless and use it like a jigworm or like a weed like a weedless net, and actually caught a lot of bass doing that. So nice. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, like you said, you know, you kind of force yourself to try something. You know, it's like, well, what the hell? I, I've got all this tackle here. <laughs> right. We, we all have we all have a bunch of tackle in our tackle box that we we bought with intentions of using, but like that, we all have our go to technique, so we always just stick with that stuff. So yeah, I'm able to. I was able to force myself into going out there, and then when you when you have success on it right away, obviously it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm gonna keep trying this a little bit. Obviously, if I didn't catch on anything on it for quite a while, it would be like, okay, maybe this doesn't work. Right. When I think, you know, everyone, we, we've talked about it on this show a lot of times, the confidence bait. Everyone's got their confidence bait, whether it's ice fishing or open water fishing. Everyone's got their go-to baits that, you know, is always going to be the first thing that they drop down the hole. But, you know, if you, if you really stop and think about it on on a regular basis, a person probably only really uses about 10% of the tackle they actually have. It's true. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking, I was thinking about that this week when we were up there too. I'm going through all of my plastics, you know. Right. I'm, I'm looking through all these bags and stuff, and it's just like, why do I have all this stuff when all I ever throw on is like these, this type right here? Like, well, we we love the Berkeley Pit Boss. Yep. And I went into the bait, the local bait shop and bought them out of the Green Pumpkin pit bosses because i was getting low but yet i had had all these other ones that i could have other different type of plastics that i could have tried so i think i need to do some downsizing and get rid of a few few things that i have and just get what i use but right but you know then there's always that day when when what you normally are using just isn't working and all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know what, I'm going to switch this up a little bit, and then all of a sudden you catch them on that. I mean, my confidence baits have changed, you know, over the past however many years, you know, that I've been fishing. You know, th- what what you have confidence in changes. You evolve as a fisherman and, and whatever else. So, you know, you don't want to 100% scrap them, but I guess there too you just buy new ones down the road too. Right. Yep. So well, but um, I did. I did. I do have to replace a lot of tackle though, because, like I said, I caught a lot of. Well, I didn't catch them, but a lot of little pike in those lakes up there, and they steal a lot of your equipment. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You did feel you, that tick, and you go to set the hook, and there's nothing there. Nothing there. Uh, did you Did you actually land any like bigger pike? No, that's the thing. You know, we were talking. I was talking to my brothers about that. It would be different if every once in a while, you know, you pulled in a 30-plus inch northern, you know, you get tangled with a big one. But it all seemed like it was all, you know, in that 24 to inches or less, just those annoying little ones that just, when they get to the boat, they just won't sit still and they flop around. My hands are so sore. Really? Two weeks of battling those things. I don't know. I felt like if I drink a glass of water, I might look like a sprinkler out of my hands and come shooting out. (laughs) And they stink so stinking bad. Oh, yeah. They, you get that. They're so slimy, and it, there's no real good way to grab them. No. Nope. You know, humanely. I mean, I know a lot of people out there just are like, oh, just grab them by the eyes and stuff. But, yep. no, you know, it's so hard to get them, get a handle on them. 
Right. And they are an important part of the ecosystem. You know, our past guest, Thane Jensen, you know, we kind of talked with him about the demonizing of the northern pike. And, you know, they keep a lot of small fish, you know, from overpopulating. They're they're an important part of the ecosystem. But, God dang it, when, the, you know, after you lose five, six jigs to them in a the morning, it's like, eh. <laughs> and you're out there flipping them tungsten mates, and all of a sudden it's just like nothing there. It's just like, ah. Yeah, there goes five, six bucks. Yeah. But, you know, and the, the, we found most of our fish. And, you know, I caught fish up shallow, but a lot of years in the past, I'd go to the pencil reed, flip the pencil reed and stuff like that. But this year I was, you know, forcing myself to try a lot of different areas on the lakes. And, uh, yeah, so I'd spend a lot of time fishing the, the deep weed edges and stuff. But, you know, on a lake like that, the weeds don't grow much past, you know, uh, about... 16 feet so that's probably the deepest i really caught bass okay huh but it's fun like i said i mean you can go out and you can drop shot deep throw jig worms stuff like that or you can go up shallow and pitch or you can even out deep i flipped the texas rig out deep a lot and caught a lot of fish jigs and everything like that as well nice yeah so you know it was a good time it's always you know i got my couple highlights of it i was able to get my four-year-old nephew he and my grandpa or my his grandpa my dad taught him how to cast this year and all he wants to do is cast so when we go out crappie fishing he always want to cast out and he'd be like oh i got a reel in i'm on cast and it's like you got all these people in the boat so it's like no let's just drop it off to the side there but but so then the one day i was like you want to cast so bad let's go so i tied up a little spinner bait onto his little pole and we him and i went out and he was chucking that spinnerbait around and we were having a good old time he had he did have one bass on at one point but it got off oh yeah so that was kind of cool though you know and i hooked up a ned rig on his two weedless ned rig and told him okay all you got to do is you got to cast it out there and just let it fall and then pick it up and let it fall and his picking up is it was almost like a jerk yeah so it was like i was just hoping one of those times he would hook into one but he never did but i did i did throw a drop shot out quick and i hooked into one and just acted like i didn't have one on and i was like here hold my pool for me once i gotta grab something and the next thing i know he's up there yelling uncle matt uncle matt and that thing's <laughs> bent over it was, it was kind of fun that's awesome well enjoy it while you can because uh, probably a couple years from now he'll be whooping you I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I've I've got that deal with Grady now. Uh, right. You know, I for a while there I was a teacher, but I think the student is surpassing the teacher now. So. And there's nothing wrong with that. The nope. big thing is teach him how to run the boat. Yeah, yeah. So then all you got to do is fish. Right. <laughs> that's that's what I need to do. I need to get him up front on the trolling motor, and he can drive around whatever. I just. I just hop up in the back and start whipping it, and it, it's on him. That's what I need to do. Well, you, you, you get you guys, if you guys get a big enough boat that has a big front casting deck, you both can stand up there. Let him do all the hard work while you just fish. That's a good idea. I'm going to run that I'm by gonna, him. That's what I'm going to teach my nephew. <laughs> Heck yeah. So, <laughs> Well, uh, no, I guess uh, I'll, I'll tell you why me and Matt are uh, – um, Matt's through the phone and why he's not here. You know, I already mentioned earlier that, uh, my wife tested positive for COVID, but, uh, on Friday afternoon, my wife gave me a call while I was at work and, uh, 
told me that her water had broke. And for those of you guys that are faithful listeners, you know that my wife is pregnant uh, due October 12. And so uh, this is a little early for the water to be breaking. So she, uh, she actually works at the hospital, so that was pretty convenient. She walked across the road, and uh, they admitted her into the hospital, and she will be staying there for the duration. And uh, so, yeah, uh, there's that. And uh, so I tried to get up there to bring her a bag and everything else and, you know, planned on staying there for the evening or, you know, however long. And uh, when I got up to Sioux Falls, I found out that she tested positive for COVID. So she's in isolation up at the hospital for 14 days. I'm in quarantine back here in Rock Rapids. And uh, yeah, I'm about 48 hours into quarantine now, and it is driving me up the wall. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Uh, Quarantine's not for me. This, you know, I'm not, and I shouldn't sit here and I'm not trying to be a tough guy, but I was never too afraid of the coronavirus but i am definitely terrified of quarantine (laughs) that's the worst part about it it seems like i was about five hours in and i thought like i i officially lost control of the house you know i walked (laughs) by the sink and there's dirty dishes and all of a sudden it's like ah kayla does uh kayla does laundry on the weekend so i'm sitting on the phone with her and she's coaching me through sorting laundry and everything else and you know, I, I always thought that, oh, yeah, you know, no problem. I could take care of this place. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not cut out for this whole single living. Right. There's a lot of a lot of work that goes into it that we don't realize. Right. But, uh, no, so hopefully, hopefully everything stays good with her. I will right. be going in and getting tested, uh, I think, on Tuesday of this week and uh, hopefully get my results back in the next day or two and figure out if, uh, yeah, if I can be going back to work or whatever. But, you know, I was supposed to have the trip this week with uh, Craig Euler and Dave Gens, and obviously, uh, you know, with Dave's age and whatever, I think that is uh, officially going by the wayside. So that was pretty disappointing. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is uh, Kayla's health and the health of the baby, and, you know, more fishing trips will come exactly right so yeah so there's that but uh Bassmaster tournament if i'm gonna be in quarantine i might as well be watching a Bassmaster tournament yeah at least you have that going on for you yeah which is good until about three o'clock in the afternoon and then it's like oh geez then it's over <laughs> yep and i did get i did get the yellowstone dvds from my brother so uh you know everyone and their brother seems to just love this yellowstone i have not started watching them yet but uh, if I'm going to have to, you know, if I would by chance test positive, I'm going to have some time on my hands. So, uh, I do think that Yellowstone will be something that I, uh, partake a little bit of time in. Yeah, for sure. Have you do watched we, it? Do we, I haven't. No, no, but if you do test positive and you are in quarantine for that long, do we just tell, are you a tombstone guy? Do we just tell the truck just to stop out in front of your house there and just leave it in your driveway? Or? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, so Friday night after I leave the hospital up there, I ended up going by Panda Express, the drive-through, got two orders of Panda Express, come back and I, you know, all right, you know, no problem. I'm going to eat this Panda Express. And so then on Saturday morning, it's like, well, tombstone pizza. I had one left, ate a tombstone pizza Saturday night, more Panda Express today, 
more tombstone pizza. I had to actually call my brother and tell him to run down to the grocery store. I said, get me three tombstone pizzas and a case of Mountain Dew. And, uh, That's all the guy needs. Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've survived this weekend, but uh, as much as I love tombstone pizza, I'm just not 100% sure that I can eat them lunch and supper every single day for a whole entire two-week duration. Yeah, and a person never really thinks about that until you, like, you are in quarantine, and if you don't have, like, a lot of stuff in the house. Well, yeah, you can't go out grocery shopping. Well, that's just it. You know, I mean, Kayla always does her grocery shopping on Monday afternoon, and we didn't have the kids this weekend, or this, this past week. They went with my parents up to Okaboji for the week. They always do that at the end of the summer before they go back to school and, uh, you know, just do some fishing, do some boating, whatever, just kind of a grandma and grandkids week or whatever, and... So, yeah, then there's me sitting back here, and, and obviously, I mean, Caleb woke up on a Friday morning thinking that she was going to go to work and come back that night, and, uh, yeah, didn't have, I mean, we've got some groceries, but not enough to feed the bottomless pit. Right, that's right. <laughs> you don't have an all-you-can-eat all buffet at the Sturman House. Right, and, and I'm working on it. The next time that I send my brother to the grocery store, I'm going to let him know, like, you go through, and if it looks good, you buy it. That's right. Well, if I happen to be by a Jimmy John's, I'll buy you a gargantuan. Gargantuan. Yep, yep. So <laughs> how much of that Bassmaster tournament did you get to watch, Matt? I, I watched quite a bit of it. Did you? Today today especially. Yep. Um, I kept I kept up on both of them, actually, while we were on vacation and watched some Bass Live every once in a while and just followed Bass Track a little bit. Yep. It was it was fun. I, Champlain is a fun is a fun place whenever they have a tournament there. Oh yeah. I mean, it was really cool to see, you know, both largemouth and smallmouth come into play, you know, a lot of people yep. with mixed bags showing up. A lot of people, you know, fishing deep for smallmouth end up tangling with a largemouth and some people fishing shallow for largemouth end up with a couple of smallmouth and yeah, it was I I really man, I thought fighter had it. I really did. So did I, but you know, Watching live today, and Polinick just—he kept. I mean, he kept catching those four pounders over and over, and it was just like he knew eventually he was going to, you know, if he's going to average close to five pounds, it's going to be tough to eat him. Right, and you know, with how tight the weights were going into today, you know, everyone kind of knew whoever won today won the tournament. You know, yep. in in a sense, and Brandon Polinick, uh, you know, ended up taking it home and. You know, obviously everyone knows me and Matt are bass guys more than MLF guys, but, I mean, that one just kind of felt a little more extra special considering what it all happened. You know, with Brandon Polinick last year was an MLF guy, had to do a $30,000 buyout to get out of his contract and come back to BASS, and he does it. And then to see him win, I mean, that had to, you know, that, that was special for all of us as bass fans, but... It, I mean, it had to be just insane for him. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, that dude, when it comes to a smallmouth fishery, he just, oh, he can get them. He, I mean, he he's just all around. I mean, he's a stud. Right. But, I, the thing I thought was cool on live today was just all the weather conditions that they went through. Right. Fish through it. I mean, the one guy's fishing in sunlight and not too far away from him. The other guy is fishing in pouring rain. Yep. Then then it got windy, then it would get calm. I mean, when that yep. that 
that was really interesting, like watching it throughout the day. You know, one second you see Polinick and he's in a, you know, a, just a regular pair of pants in his jersey. And then all of a sudden you see him in his rain suit. And then all of a sudden you see him back in his pants and his jersey. And then maybe just his bibs. And, and I mean, you know, they were all changing clothes, you know, nonstop. I mean, they were like women out there. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to offend anybody. That was a joke. <laughs> How, what do you think it's like for those guys to have to be on live? all day it, it would be kind of tough don't you think i think so too you know i mean i uh i don't know that i would really you know there, there's some of those guys when you're when you're doing good i don't think it's bad you know i mean you're doing good and you're talking with the camera guys and you know having fun and whatever but then you see a guy like david mullins who i mean just he lost a lot of big fish right next to the boat and you know i mean not in a bad way but you know he had a meltdown i mean truly had a meltdown throwing rods and you know i mean and but you know you still got to represent your sponsors and you know in a positive light so as much as you just want to yell profanities into the air you can't and you know i mean david mullins actually i mean I don't know. He might have actually cried, and and right. I, you know, I'm not calling him a pussy or nothing like that. I mean, you know, there's a hundred thousand dollars on the line, and he knows he's right there. I mean, it's right there. And exactly right. You can see a, it. Right for a guy to freaking shove a camera in your face, there. You know, it's like, hey, piss off, dude. Like I'm not in the mood right now, but yet, you know, that's, you know, that's their job, and that's really what you want because you got to show off your sponsors. You know, you gotta. Right. You got to do all that. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. If you're if you're good, if you're doing good, I mean, I'm sure Polinick, you know, he loved having the camera in the boat today. You know, I mean, I think it's a lot of these guys, especially with the tournaments being broadcasted on ESPN2. I mean, how, how awesome is that to go back to your sponsors and say, hey, I was on Bass Live all day today on ESPN2, you know, and and millions of people saw your product on the back of my jersey. I mean, exactly that's right. that's well, prime time stuff. You know, Polinick is a big Minn Kota guy. The one time he had the cameraman come up and he zoomed in on his three sixty imaging and he was explaining I mean, yeah, when you got twenty pounds in a live well, it's like I mean, we've had it before too. It's funny watching those guys on live, like their demeanor after they catch their fifth keeper. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, we, if you've ever fished a tournament, you know how much your how much it changes oh, after yeah. you have that limit in the boat. And especially if you start off and you have a couple of good ones in there. I mean, even if you have like four good ones and you just have one that you know you need to get out of there and call, you're still more relaxed and you know, you can definitely tell. I I wanna know how hard it is for fighter to not just be burning the marble the whole time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I <laughs> you know, I've never actually seen him smoke on on live so i don't know if he's got a deal like with the camera guy where he kind of looks at him and you know touches his ear two times and so then they <laughs> cut the camera and he you know he uh starts yeah, burning one or time. what but no no i'd i mean the stress of that heck if i was a smoker i'd be burning them too so right lighting one after the other yep yeah Did for sure see, i think this jamie hartman he always has a chew in it looks like jamie hartman is a punk but that's uh, but the funny thing is, like I said, he uh, if you look at him, a lot of those guys, a lot of times they all have a dip in. That could be. That could be. It's, I, I'm, I'm take the edge off, I guess. 
I'm, I'm surprised that they are allowed to do that. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, if you're never actually spitting and if you never really show that you right. have one, I mean, I guess I can't really say anything to you, but I, right. I don't, I shouldn't have said Jamie Hartman's a punk. That was, that was my bad, whatever. But I guess this is our show and we can say whatever the heck we want. But were you watching Bass Live yesterday when he kind of had a, a little bit of a temper tantrum? No. You know, they're, they're fishing in New York out there, whatever. And I mean, there's boats coming by, you know, over his spot. He's got a marked spot, you know, that's where he's casting towards whatever. But I did see some video on it. I just, I, I don't know. I was, I was seriously disappointed in how he carried himself and just the way he acted. I mean, it's a public body of water. You know, these are pleasure boaters and yeah, granted, should they give you, you know, some room or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, he's sitting on the front deck of his boat casting back. I mean, right. most people think that people cast off the front of their boat. That's why you're standing up there. If you'd be standing in the back of your boat, they probably figure you're casting that way. So, I mean, you got to give these people a little bit of a grace, in my personal opinion, that they're going around the back of your boat, probably thinking that you are going to be casting off the front and, you know, just kind of the way he handled himself, just some of the stuff that he said, you know, I don't know. I was just kind of, I was, I was a little disappointed in the way, you know, he, I, I get it. It's the Bassmaster Elite Series, $100,000 online. He's a fierce competitor. I respect that, but you don't own the lake. And as much as, you know, it's one thing if a jet ski goes flying, you know, five yards away from you. Fighter had it happen the other day. I mean, yeah, where, and, he, where he was pitching docks and the, I mean, you're pretty close to a dock when you're pitching docks and the guy come barreling in there. there. Right. Yeah. And going in between him and the dock. I mean, right. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. And I mean, fighter kind of like flipped his hands up like, dude, what the whatever. But I mean, he didn't, I don't know. He didn't act like Jamie did. And I don't know. I was just, I, I, I always kind of thought I liked Jamie and I, and I probably still do really. I mean, you know, no one, no one, you know, who knows what his situation was, you know, like I said, hundred thousand dollars on the line, that's a life changing deal to win that. And, you know, if I had a hundred thousand dollars on the line and some guy drove a boat over, over the X on my, you know, where I'm targeting. Yeah. Maybe I'd, you know, maybe I wouldn't have handled it even as good as what Jamie did. So whatever it is, what it is. Right. So we had a kind of a similar situation on that up on vacation did you throw hands on the vacation? On the well, no, I didn't. But okay, let's hear it. Funny story. Okay, my dad in his boat, he doesn't have a depth finder with a GPS or anything like that, so he still has the marker buoys. Okay. And oh yeah. He's, he's 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 graduated up from. He used to have a milk jug that I think my grandpa had in the boat that was modified into a marker buoy. Well, now he has a small little yellow one that he uses. And it always seems like when he catches a crappie, he throws that thing out. And it goes, you know, and it sits there. Well, I happen to have one in my boat. The other day, my brother Brant and I were in my boat. My dad and Mike, my brother Mike, were in dad's boat. And we're fishing by each other where we've been having some luck with crappies. And my brother Mike catches one. And, you know, I like to joke around and stuff like that. So I reach in to my compartment and grab my marker buoy and give it the old Heisman toss. I just chucked that sucker way up in the air and right over by my dad's boat. 
and it lands there, you know, and we're laughing about it, and it's sitting there. We keep fishing, and we just have it sitting there. Well, there's been some guys trolling out in the lake for walleyes for the longest time that were trolling around us. Next thing you know, here those guys come rolling in. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna grab the buoy. I was like, "What are these guys doing?" I was like, "You're gonna grab my buoy. This is kind of funny." And uh, no, they came up and they threw their anchor down, and they were literally casting right up to where our our buoy was, and we were just slowly trolling around in there with our trolling motors for crappy from that spot to another little spot that we had marked on my GPS. And it was just like the funny thing was is that they were just catching a bunch of little bluegills there. Oh, yeah. So it, was fun. it was funny watching them do that. But I just thought, really? I mean, we were all kind of like, are they really going to come in here and do that? No, I get it. You know, those marker buoys, it, it doesn't mean it's my spot. You can't fish there. That's the bad thing about those marker buoys is that sometimes people think that, you know, that's my spot. I can only fish there. But, you know, I don't know. I If I saw somebody had something marked like that, it's, I probably wouldn't go up there, but it was just funny watching it. The great thing was about It's kind of like going and sitting in somebody's tree stand. Uh, yeah, that happened before. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and so then the funny thing is those guys sat there for a while, and it's funny watching them catch little little bluegills left and right. They finally were like, oh, all right, we're going to pull up. They pulled up and pulled their anchor, and they took off. And uh, my brother, Brand and I, we pulled over there so I could pick up the buoy. And we go to pick it up, and... I get it all picked up, and Brant catches about a 11-and-a-half-inch crappie. <laughs> it's nice. Like, it's, like, sweet. Did they still see it? I, I think they might have been far enough away that they didn't see us catch it, but we were hoping we were hoping that if we would have caught a crappie when they were sitting there, we were going to get the dip net out. <laughs> oh, yeah, the old the old net. If, if that don't get the people in, nothing will. Right. And, you know, with those marker buoys, sometimes people people might say, well, why do you have one in your boat if you have, you know, GPS and stuff that you can mark it? Well, sometimes you like to, if you get out to the end of a point, you know, yep. you throw, you like to mark, like, where the end of a point is or something like that. So you have, like, a visual to cast at all the time. I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with having a visual marker out there sometime, you know, and, and, uh, but it was funny. It was just one of those deals. It's like they come rolling up in there, and it was just like, <laughs> whatever. Yep. It's like, okay, whatever, dude. If they would have came up there and been like, hey, you guys catching some? You mind if we kind of just, I don't care. Hell, go ahead and fish around this area. But, yep. you know, just like how they, they kind of, they wouldn't look at us or anything like that. They just kind of, kind of came rolling up and everything like that. Like, they're half embarrassed that they were doing it. Right. I guess it didn't help any earlier when they came trolling by real close to us the one time and, they were talking about, oh, they just must be catching little bluegills, and they just must be catching bluegills, is it? And that, I yelled over to I yelled over to my brother Mike, and I was like, "How many more eyes do you guys need to have a limit to?" And he's just <laughs> like, and he didn't even break. He didn't even look at me. He didn't even. I mean, it was perfect timed, and he's just like, "No, we need three. And I was like, "Oh, all you guys is are 16, 18 inches too." And he's like, "Yep." So. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, somewhere there's two guys listening to this podcast right now that are pissed off that they got duped by the Iowegian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's the old Deitch flip and go. Yep. Well, uh, in other news, I uh, I actually got the uh, tournament set up through Fish Donkey app um, uh, for, the, uh, for the Midwest Angler walleye classic we were going to call it the fall brawl i know in uh past episodes i've called it the fall brawl but um 
Yeah, whatever. There's another fall brawl that's about the same time of year, like up on Erie or Ontario or something like that, that I saw. And so, you know, to save, uh, to save any confusion, I just decided to call it the, uh, the Midwest Angler Podcast Walleye Classic. So, um, uh, yep. So, uh, what it's going to be, um, golly, it starts like the last Saturday of August and, Beans that my phone is plugged in uh, talking with Matt. I don't want to disturb anything over there, but uh, you can go online or onto the Fish Donkey app and uh, log on. It's $10, and the first place prize, we're going to give $250 to that person, and then um, we're going to randomly select another person to win $50. So, uh, you know, if, if we get... 40 people in it, then we'll do a random number deal. And, uh, you know, it could be 27, could be, you know, 14, whatever, but they'll win $50. So, you know, yeah, $10 to get in and everyone's got a chance to get 50 bucks. Even, you know, if you don't feel like you've got a shot to win it more of a raffle ticket then, but, um, all the proceeds on top of that, uh, $300 that we're paying out will go to the club for boys out in rapid city, uh, you know, to, benefit they're hooked on hard water or, or anything that they elect to do with it. But, you know, for me and Matt and, you know, uh, some of the other people that listen to this podcast, uh, the club for boys holds a special spot in our heart. So uh, special thanks to Jim Gerard for coming up with that idea. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The last weekend of uh, August to uh, what is it? Memorial Day? Labor Day. Labor Day. Okay. Labor Day. I think that's September I don't know, September 7, I believe it is. So I think it's like August 24 to September 7, or don't quote me on that date, but Saturday. So it'll be a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then that Monday is, what'd you say, Labor Day? Yep. Labor Day. That's when it'll end. And uh, so me and Matt will not kick out an episode uh, that Monday morning being that that is the holiday, but, uh, we'll recap it, you know, and maybe that episode will get kicked out on Tuesday or Thursday or whatever, but we'll recap that tournament. But yeah, for anyone who's going to be out walleye fishing in that, uh, 10 day span, we really encourage you to take part in it. And like I said, $10, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like that's too much for anybody. Uh, sorry if it is, but, um, you know, we're trying to raise money for a good cause here. Heck yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, it'll, it'll really kind of be interesting to see what state takes it home. You know, I mean, obviously those guys, like if, if there are some people from up on the great lakes, I mean, they're gonna, you know, that'd be really interesting, but you know, honestly, I mean, somebody over at spirit Lake, even down here in Iowa, you know, I mean, if you catch a, you know, a 28 er and you follow it up with, you know, two twenty fives or something, which is very doable. I mean, you're going to be right there in the hunt too. Yeah, you never know. You probably win it. Get out there and fish. Yep, yep. So, I don't know. Like I say, we really encourage everyone to get involved with that. Uh, I'll be posting a, a kind of like a tournament flyer type of deal on Facebook here in the coming days. Um, we've got a couple things that we've got to kind of get hashed out. Um, we've sent out some invites to uh, – to some bigger names and uh, hopefully we can get them locked in. If we can't, we can't. If we can, we can. But, you know, a lot of those guys are guiding or they're doing a TV show or, you know, whatever else. So, yeah, hopefully it works. But if it don't, you know, whatever, it'll just be a bunch of regular old dogs out there uh, looking for wallies. 
That's right, and donating to a great cause. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you got anything else, Matt? Or good news? Good news. What do you got? I'm going to give my good news and a shout out to Tom Monsoor. Yeah, Leg- legendary yeah. Tom Monsoor out on the Mississippi River won the FLW tournament this last week. At uh, this last weekend, at the young age of seventy-one years old, I think he's just entering his prime. Uh, he is. I mean, that dude is a Mississippi River legend. I don't know if he wanted throwing his patented swim jig or what, but yeah, that's that is so cool when you see a local guy. I mean, he'd be Jacob Wheeler. I mean, he wasn't. It wasn't just some little local tournament. I mean, he was up against some heavy hitters. Oh yeah, Edwin Evers was in it, and like you Mark say, Daniels Jacob Junior. I mean, it was a lot of those. You know those guys that want to come back to bass, but right. Don't. It was a it was a FLW. Uh, what did they call it? A super tournament. So right. what that is for those of you listening is uh, the MLF guys, beings that their season got cut short, they were actually able to come back. So the FLW guys that wanted to fish it, and the MLF guys that wanted to fish it, and I mean this was a stacked stacked field. I mean, I'll come right out and say it. I mean some of if not the best bass fishermen in the world were you know in this tournament and yeah for a guy like that a local dude from right there in lacrosse 71 years old to take it home that's that's about as cool as it gets i think we need to try to get tom on the show <laughs> that's not a bad idea he, i think so. he might be out spending his 125k though that's right <laughs> that's good he should yep no how about you you got any well, you know, it's not fishing related, but my good news story of the day is I just got to give a hats off to my wife. Uh, I mean, she is, she's, <laughs> I mean, it, it's freaking crazy. You know, I mean, like I said, to, to wake up on a Friday morning and to go to work and we were supposed to go grilling and fishing that night with my buddy Austin over at his pond, Austin and Jake Stokely and Adam Monin and a bunch of them dudes. We were all going to get together and, and go fishing out at Austin's pond. We were going to do some grilling and uh, that, that was our plan, you know, going into that Friday, that was our plan. She get you know, gets to two o'clock at work and, uh, her water breaks while she's sitting at her desk at work. And, uh, luckily she works at the hospital. So she was able to go right across the road, but, uh, you know, then, to you know, have all that stress and then find out that she tests positive for COVID and, you know, I'm sitting outside in the parking ramp and she's like, Hey, I think I could probably see you. So we're sitting there having a phone conversation. She's up on the third floor in the hospital sitting at the window and I'm down on the ground outside the parking ramp. And I mean, you know, for a lady that's going through all that and then, you know, you can't really have anybody who you know there and she's, she's stayed in good spirits and, uh, I don't know, she way tougher than me. I'll tell you that. So that, that'd be my good news story of the week. I know we always try to kind of keep it fishing related, but, uh, off the cuff, that's the one. Definitely. I mean, that's a, that's a great one. And we're all thinking of all you guys and. Oh, don't worry about me. Don't you worry about no, me. I, I got pizzas I and I'll be fine. I was going to tell Kayla if she wants, if she needs us to feed and water you and let you out every once in a while, we can go and do that. So. <laughs> that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> no, so well, uh, like I said, we appreciate everyone who tuned into this episode. It was kind of impromptu. Uh, my phone, you know, like I mentioned earlier, kind of goes on the fritz whenever we're doing this, and uh, so we we 
really kind of did something crazy. We've we've got Matt on speakerphone with the microphone that he normally sits at just next to the phone. Uh, we don't have any wires running to it or anything. And uh, we, we tried a bunch of stuff in the 20 minutes leading up to this uh, recording, you know, trying to figure out what was wrong with my phone, different ways to plug it in, this and that and the other, you know, plugging it in with different cords straight into the computer, you know, just anything to kind of make it work. And finally it was like, well, let's just put it on speakerphone and put it next to the microphone and see what's, see what happens. And it's kind of like, well, I don't think it probably sounds that bad. Like it's actually coming through and not, I don't know. I think we can go with this. So if the audio quality is bad, we apologize. Uh, you know, yeah, we're just, we're rolling with the punches and yeah. I'll I'll have to get you a, life-size cutout of myself to put there if this happens again that's not a bad idea then at least i i can still be the best looking guy at the table (laughs) that's right (laughs) all right well matt uh yeah hopefully hopefully not too much longer this way hopefully next week i hopefully this week i test negative and hopefully next week me and you can get back in for a regular episode heck yeah all righty well we will talk to you guys later (laughs) 